Good morning, Supers. This is the Entrepreneurs for November 3rd, 2021. And uh, we're here today to... Uh, to talk about, I have about seven news stories, and I'm here in the chat over at Entra. Go to joinentra.com to join me there. I'm also, I think, um, I'm in a room on Facebook as well. Uh, so if you jump, well, if you're on Facebook, you can uh, jump there as well. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into our first uh, topic. It's related to the Evergrande crisis. Today's Evergrande up, uh, update: uh, Evergrande Group's delivery of property projects from uh, July to October may indicate some normalization of working ca- working capital and cash flow. Uh, Bloomberg intelligence analysts, led by Daniel Fan, wrote. Uh, that may increase the chance of it meeting its upcoming bond coupon payments for the year, according to the analysts. Property shares in China gained after the Shanghai, uh, Shanghai Securities Journal cited an unidentified government agency saying that lending the real estate sector, quote, basically recovered to normal level- levels in October. Uh, the CSI 300 real estate index climbed as much as 3.2% while troubled developer Kesa uh, Group or Kaisa Group jumped as much as 18%, its steepest advance since September 2017. Shares in the property management arm of China, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, <laughs> this other developer also jumped as much as 9.7% uh, after Red. Uh, reported that the group in, is in preliminary talks to sell its majority stake in the unit to Hobson Development. The company aims to sell as much as $1 billion in assets in, to ease liquidity stress. Uh, so if, you're, if you've been following along with this story, um, it's, it's very important because of the fact that uh, we don't want another 2008 to happen. It's very important that uh, the... Real estate market in China does not have, make crazy waves, and that these issues, uh, specifically with Evergrande, because of the size of Evergrande, get uh, resolved as quickly as possible. So, uh, you know, while I, I, you know, in the comments have gotten comments from people like, "Oh, you're, you know, you're telling people to invest in Evergrande or something like that," is a bunch of ridiculousness. I am uh, very pro people, and I am pro keeping uh, things together. Um, and while what Evergrande has over leveraged in a in a bad time uh, is is not good, uh, we we it will be a, everything will be a lot worse not only for China but ultimately for the rest of the world if things start to become unhinged and fall apart. So uh, ultimately, we do not want that to to happen. And in order for that to not happen, uh, we need uh, companies that uh, are like Evergrande right here right now to not default uh because the 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 ripple effect will be felt across uh the globe and uh that would be bad for for everybody in a in a surprise to no one most of Estee Lauder's holiday product has already been shipped to retailers says CEO so Estee Lauder president and CEO for 
Fabrizio Frida expressed confidence to, uh, Tuesday in the cosmetic company's positioning heading into the holiday shopping season. Most of our holiday shipments have already been shipped to the retailers, he told Jim Kramer, you know, Philly boy Jim Kramer. Uh, the problem uh, I see with this is uh, if they don't, you know, if your supply chain is that stretched, uh, then it creates a pretty big problem if you say sell out of the product. Uh, be and and one one case could be uh, scalpers. I mean, look, we saw what happened when toilet paper became a, a hot commodity. We see what happens uh, when the chip shortage uh, has ha- you know affected us. And we're not talking about potato chips. We're talking about you know micro uh, micro. Micro uh, processors, semiconductors, uh, silicon, and the like. And the problem there is, uh, if these companies, if this is all like they have put their best foot forward, they've gone through and they've shipped everything that they possibly can to these manuf- uh, to these retailers. Uh, what happens when those retailers sell out and they're not able to get a foothold back into the market? They uh, it, it, this this actually could be setting up for a pretty disappointing uh, holiday season for for people. And and obviously this is cosmetics, and not everybody's giving cosmetic uh, you know stuff to to other to other people. But I think it's just important for us to uh, to recognize that there is. Um, a potential problem here going forward with being able to get the things that we we want to be able to get for for the holidays. So we'll continue to follow this uh, this you know these stories of uh, supply chain issues going forward here. Elon Musk says he will be uh, says he is willing to spend six billion dollars to fight world hunger on one condition. Uh, let's see. They have the tweet here. Of course, they didn't actually. The uh, maybe they just uh, uh, quoted the tweet. But uh, basically, what happened was was there was a tweet from yeah David Beasley, the director of UN's World Food Program, told CNN that it was time for the ultra wealthy to quote step up now on a one time basis in order to help forty two million people that are literally going to die if they do if they don't reach them. He specifically mentioned Musk and Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, the two richest men in the world. On Sunday, Musk replied to a Twitter user who pointed out that $6 billion would be uh, just 2% of his net worth. Musk said that it was uh, that if the WFP could describe, quote, exactly how the donation would solve world hunger, he would, quote, sell Tesla stock right now and do it. Um. You know, I <laughs> so I, I it's in one part, um, one part kind of I don't know if it was kind of snarky, uh, but offering to quote be on the next flight to you and saying that the executive can quote throw me out if you don't like what you hear is how Beasley responded. Beasley also said that the uh, six billion dollar figure wouldn't solve world hunger but will prevent. Uh, global political instability, mass migration, and save 42 million people from the brink of starvation. Musk replied by asking him to publicly publish the organization's current and proposed spending in detail. 
sunlight is a wonderful thing, uh, Musk wrote. So going back and forth on whether or not that uh, is a is a good idea or a great idea, I do love the fact that you know I I, I at least believe that Elon would be you know down to just sell the stock and and totally uh, quote end world hunger. Um, now when I had saw this. I saw the tweets, um, but there wasn't. I don't think there was replies talking about how exactly they would do it. Um, but going back to what was the the answer? Um, uh, next slide to you. Okay, yeah. Uh, we'll prevent global political instability, mass migration, and save forty two million people on the brink of starvation. Well, if it only takes six billion dollars. I mean, I kind of think our government, you know, with with how much money has been spent just in the last two years, uh, we should have already been able to figure this out with the amount, you know, $6 billion is is like next to nothing compared to, tr- you know, a trillion dollars or multiples of trillions of dollars. Um, so I, I, I'm a little skeptical that... Uh, that $6 billion is going to uh, prevent global political instability, uh, maybe mass migration. But to me, I think the closest thing you would be able to do is uh, bring like hydroponics and, and farming uh, to places where there are, there's a lack of food and and things of that nature. Uh, and But I don't know that $6 billion is going to get there uh, in, in the short term. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, just just my opinion, but I I can't I can't imagine that there was that it would be that little that we wouldn't have already done our part in America to fix said problem with such a small amount of money. So uh, we will we will see if they actually get to uh, to have their meeting and uh, <laughs> and and hammer this out so that we could potentially fight world hunger and end it uh, for good. Uh, let's see, Cameron. What's up, Cameron? Thank you for for listening and watching. Entrepreneurs is definitely going to need a jingle theme song that incorporates your name, Joe. Hashtag intro. So I do have a theme song. Uh, I let me see if I can copy it real quick and play. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it though. Uh, let's see. I can. Oh, where is it at? Here we go. So if I drop it here, let's see if if because uh, I'm not sure which. Yeah, see, it's on my microphone, so it, it's not going to come through. I, once they fix uh, here on Entra, I'll be able to change my my microphone and my my camera, so you'll be able to see me on Entra as well as hear me and uh, be able to hear the uh, the the intro music and stuff. But yeah, so I I, I will uh, I will I added the button there, so I'll be able to add that in the future. Uh, Cameron adds Elon donations with conditions. Uh, looks one, two, three, but saves lots of people, but will it teach a man to fish? So that's a great question. Um, that's a great, that's a great question, Cameron. So, uh, Cameron here in the chat asks, uh, what, you know, Elon donating money, $6 billion to fight world hunger, um, could save lots of lives, but will it teach a man to fish and the answer to that um actually goes back to the i forget uh, who it was that brought up the topic of 
Oh, it was on. Uh, it was on Adam ruins everything. So they they, were, they had an expert come in and it was talking about the uh, toms, right? So like you buy a pair of shoes, they they donate a pair of shoes to someone who doesn't have shoes in in Africa, which is sounds awesome, makes people get the warm and fuzzies, but the but the effect of that actually is is harmful because <clears throat> when when the goal is to get shoes and then maybe get a bicycle. Uh, instead, like we're not even talking about cars or planes, right? Um, there was a really good TED talk about that too. If I, uh, I can't remember who gave it, uh, I don't know, like five, six, seven, eight years ago. But the, the, when the goal, like the goal goes from like, let's get shoes to let's get, uh, bikes to let's get cars to let's get planes for transportation. And, uh, when the goal is to get shoes and you're giving shoes out, you're actually harming the economy, the local economy, um, of like the local shoe fixer, right? Because they don't have, maybe so many mechanics because they don't have uh, a ton of cars like we have here in the States, but they have shoes or they have bicycles. So there's a bike repairman, there's a shoe repairman. Um, oh, what's the, what's the term for it? Uh, if you, uh, oh, I can't think of, um, what, what do they call shoe repairman? Uh, there's, yeah, I can't, I can't think of it, but, uh, but anyway, point being is, is that uh, this needs to be, uh, thought out where it, it creates, it stimulates economy and opportunity for people rather than just like, hey, here's a bunch of food, like, glad you're not going to die, but you might die of boredom or you might die of um, something else, you know, uh, whether it's disease or whether it's, um, you know, bad actors, uh, it, it, you know, unlaw, like unlawfulness things, things like that, because other people don't have, uh, a reason to, 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 you know, be productive in a, in a, an economy in a society and all those things. And that's where I think it's really important that we, you know, we, if, if we're coming at, um, this idea of like fighting world hunger, um, and asking for $6 billion from Elon Musk, I think uh, I think we need to look at like how do we set up economies in those places to uh, create the the right uh, economic like as as somebody's saying here in the uh, in the chat right economic development um, yeah teach how teach people how to produce products and services to sell absolutely give people a th- you know something to to live for um, I I know um, you know regardless of what you may or may not think of them. Uh, was a Howard Stern once said, uh, you know, w- the problem with, you know, we want to, if you want to solve the problem in the Middle East, like give them casinos, give them strip clubs, give the guys, give the people quote unquote something to live for. Now, obviously that doesn't f- flow well with everybody, but the, the, the premise there is you're giving them something to look forward to, right? You're giving them a bar, you're giving them, uh, some kind of release rather than just pent up, um, you know, sur- almost survivalist uh, instincts that are still going on because th- the situations aren't great. And uh, I, it's, I think it, it comes back to you know let's let's get economy uh, going and and not just giving away things because uh, that's you know isn't good for the economy because the opposite effect. Uh, let's see. T- uh, was it uh, to- Tonya? Tanya? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name right. Is it byproducts to give a product uh, to unfortunate 
is I usually think it's a marketing strategy to get sales on sympathy. It, yeah, it, it absolutely uh, is. It's, a, it's an expensive um, strategy as well. So uh, Tanya, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm saying your name right. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, says you know byproducts, uh, byproducts to give a product uh, is unfortunate. Uh, she says I usually think it's a marketing strategy to get sales on th- sympathy, and it and it usually is uh, a way for people. Uh, I've said, oh, I said your name so many different times. I, I hope it's Tanya. Um, <laughs> So, it, you know, it, it's it's a strategy to, you know, make people feel like they're doing good in the world. And in some ways, you are, right? There are situations where things are that bad or aren't able to get started. But I think that's where, you know, it's like we need to look at, um, was, was it La- Laszlo's uh, hierarchy of needs, right? And look at the, like, food, shelter, and water, you need those three things so that we can like get people to a place where they're like, okay, what's the next step? Oh, we're gonna look for shoes. Oh, we're gonna look for uh, you know, c- creating, uh, you know, how do we create energy? How do we get electricity into into houses? How do we get running water into houses? How do we get you know, like we gotta hit hit those basic needs first so that we can enable people to not be in a survivalist mode, but a uh, you know. Uh, a growth mode, right? And and being able to to enable um like a like a blooming effect of people helping one another uh in a sustainable economic way uh that isn't you know downplayed. Now, obviously, where you live has huge implications. You know, if if you're living out in a desert and you don't have the support of, you know, another uh like in the case of America, right? Like if you had like New Mexico or or uh, Arizona, like out in the desert, Nevada, out in the desert, and it's just them supporting themselves as if they were their own country, it might be a little harder to do so. Uh, if uh, then you know, then if you you blend their what they bring to the table with the rest of the country, um, in the case of say like uh, a desert country in Africa. We we that's why we need those investments to look and say okay like what do we got to do to get hydroponics there what do we got to do to get food there and and instill the uh, the ability to be able to to create sustainability for themselves to some degree well hopefully to a high degree but to some degree any degree is better than like literally people starving to death but start somewhere and and grow from there and uh, and I think that. It's you know, it, it requires a lot of money, um, and it requires a lot of foresight to understand that. Uh, one uh, a video I, re- I referenced before it was a TEDx. I think it was a TED talk, um, specifically talking about like if you you know people that are worried about say overpopulation of the planet. If you chart out the years and the amount of and the countries and like how many kids each person is producing in those countries, if you look at the mortality rates of the uh, of of the children um, as mortality rate uh, goes up, I'm pretty sure that's the good one, right? I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I should I should have looked it up. Uh, really bad at my job. So as the survival rate of children goes up. People have less kids, bringing the amount of people that we are producing in the on the planet 
uh, ultimately down, you know, to a peak and then down. And part of that is being able to establish economic um, ability for growth, you know, opportunity uh, for people to to succeed and and to grow um, and and enable people to get from, uh, you know, wanting for shoes to wanting for a bike to wanting for a car and moving people from one, um, you know, eco or was it a socioeconomic platform of like, we're trying to get to this spot where everybody has shoes to like, everybody has a bike so we can grow how far out the, uh, you know the the country, or, or how, like their you know their their towns become become cities and things of that nature. And I, I think it's really important uh, that you know education is out there um, for for us and and to spend uh, money on education and money on at least getting those basic needs uh, instilled into the economic landscape of those people is just so so important. Um. Tanya says, uh, right teaching how to create solar panels, uh, wells to, ca- uh, to catch water, planting food, various sustainable techniques. Right, uh, right. so it would make more sense to educating properly will balance out the population. It, it does, it, but, it, but it's more than just education too. It's also about um, making sure that disease is not a thing, right? So making sure that people are getting vaccinated, making sure that uh, proper health care is in place. So, I mean, even just the basics of health care, washing hands uh, and not, say, um, enabling, you know, small towns or villages to, like, go to the, you know, to, to, to uh, say, have, like, a, somebody who's a self-professed, uh, like, witch doctor or something coming in and creating uh, more, mat, like, I don't want to say mass hysteria because we're not talking about necessarily a ton of people in a village, but creating um, doubt I, what I, is what I should say in uh, modern medicine, modern understanding of science and things like that. And, and so education plays a part, but also the... Um, the ability for us to uh, to get them vaccinated and, and enable them to have a higher survival rate of their of children would be uh, greatly reduce the the issue the issues there. Uh, Tanya goes on. Well, wouldn't people become smarter to solve those and various uh, issues? So. Uh, let's see with what uh, oh, Cameron says with water gathering in one of my social entrepreneurship classes, uh, we talked about a company that instead of building wells that could not be repaired locally and would not be feasible to make uh, in many locations, they created a rolling water vessel that made it easier and faster for people to get water from the nearest sources. No, that's that is great. I think there's also there was another TED talk where somebody was like, oh, we're going to I'm going to create like what would it take me to if I went back in time uh what would it take me to build a toaster could I be like the smartest person on the planet if I could build a toaster and and so he actually went on this journey like across the world to to gather all of the materials to make this really crude looking toaster that um I think only worked for like one (laughs) <laughs> like a minute or something like that but uh but it but it was a proof of concept that he could do it and uh so i i think that it's re- and i and 
it, it kind of plays into what we saw with um, with and, and this is not political, but when we left the U.S. left uh, Afghanistan, we kind of uh, you know we left a whole bunch of stuff there, and uh, we have these you know helicopters and things like cool, like we left helicopters, we left things for people to be able to uh, defend themselves and. But the problem there is apparently uh, they we did not give them the education that they needed to um, you know to fix and to repair and to maintain said equipment. So if you can't maintain the equipment that you have, uh, it's not safe to operate, uh, and that becomes a, a problem in and of itself. And the, apparently the ish, the solution was well, we'll just. You know, we'll we'll FaceTime them and we'll walk them through how to repair or maintain. But, um, but that's a but that's a great point. Like if you if you bring, you know, it's like bringing an iPhone to a place that doesn't have electricity. <laughs> like, cool, it works. But as soon as electricity, you know, as soon as the battery dies, if we don't have a way to charge it, uh, then it's not going to. It's not going to be a uh, something that that can be any you know anything can be done with it. So. We uh, we have to be cognizant of what we're creating and and making it as simple as possible because it's almost kind of like going back in time because uh, we you know the people don't necessarily have the experience with it they don't necessarily have the experience with technology or uh, you know the education and stuff to to be able to maybe to use it sure but when it breaks if people aren't there to 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 fix it or the tools or the um, the necessary parts are not there available to fix it then it ain't getting fixed and then it didn't do you know ultimately didn't fix the problem that people are going to run into these are great questions and uh i love 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 reading the chat i really really uh appreciate all of you uh being here today so dear employees uh, reject contract offer will stay on strike workers have been on strike since october 14th uh, so I've been following this story here on the entrepreneurs for uh, since they since they went on strike. Uh, the striking workers at the at Deer and Co on Tuesday rejected a contract offer from the company that would have given them ten percent pay increases and said they will remain on strike. The rejected deal that was reached over the weekend contained raises. Uh, twice as large as the ones in the original offer, United Auto Workers Union members re, uh, rejected that last uh, that one last month. Workers have been on strike since the 14th. The benefits would also have provided an $8,500 ratification bonus, uh, preserved a pension option for the for new employees, made workers eligible for health insurance sooner. And maintain their no premium health insurance coverage. Uh, this, the disputed contract covers more than ten thousand deer workers at twelve facilities in Iowa, Illinois, and Kansas. A small group of one hundred workers at two deer facilities in Colorado and Georgia voted to accept. Uh, an identical deal. The union said 55% of its members at the 12 main plants voted against the latest contract offer Tuesday. Last month, 90% of, uh, of union members also rejected the proposed contract that included an immediate 5% raise uh, for some workers and 6% for others and 3% raises in 2023 and 2025. So, um, yeah, it 
my, so when this first happened, my uh, initial reaction was cool. Like this is this is this this is a good thing, right? We're I'm, I'm very much not pro union, uh, not pro corporation, but pro people. And uh, if this many people feel that they are being uh, taken advantage of at a time where John Deere has had uh, record profits of, I think it was about almost six billion dollars, or they're on track to do six billion dollars for this year alone, uh, then yeah, go go right ahead. But the big caveat there, um, I don't I don't want to see this go past thirty days. Uh, be, you know, maybe 45 at the absolute most because the people that are striking, obviously, they're going to be at a disadvantage. Um, you know, they're they're getting less money and and they're uh, dealing with lots of issues on you know personal issues uh, on their end. Plus the you know the potential for uh, additional food shortages as more equipment and repair. Uh, parts for tractors uh, get become more and more scarce. As we were talking on Entrepreneurs, I think it was yesterday. Uh, I think it was maybe it was Monday. Um, we talked about uh, a tractor auction uh, having uh, a tractor like over like forty thousand dollars or something like that over what it was when it was new back in two thousand and nine. So uh, it, you know that that is going to put a crunch on everybody who. Um, you know everybody's food supply, right? As far as if, if they can get it, then they then at least they can produce food. But now they've had a, increased expenditures on used equipment. Uh, now they gotta repair used equipment more, you know, more often in theory, and uh, and then just raise the prices even more. So, uh, which kind of buys into the uh, continued inflation of of everything uh and when we hope uh that this uh is as they say transitory inflation not uh here to stay inflation i don't believe that it's here to stay in the long long term you know when you start looking like a year to two years out uh but it is possible that it, it might take more like three or four years you know when you look at go back to 2008 you can see that uh there was uh you know issue with um, you know, the issues from 2008 took, you know, almost a decade for us to fully, really recover from that. And, uh, any, you know, and we don't know what tomorrow holds, right? So things could get worse. Uh, if the Evergrande crisis, uh, you know, were to become a thing and actually default, like that would play a huge part in, uh, the, then in continued inflation for, um, potentially years and years to come. Zillow quits home flipping business sites in ability to forecast prices. Termination of iBuying comes after company said it was halting new home purchases for the rest of 2021. Now, uh, I actually went ahead and watched um, Meet Kevin. If you haven't, if you don't watch Meet Kevin on on YouTube, you you probably should. Uh, his explanation of it was. Uh, I think really good. You know, people, uh, you know, Zillow, uh, I guess, thought that they were going to, it seems like really bad judgment to try to take, quote, advantage of a market that was only surging um, unless they truly believed that the, this, um, the market would only continue to surge through maybe 2023, 2024, and and beyond. Uh, so they, they, for anyone who doesn't know, they uh, are now dumping these homes that they bought up 
Uh, so let's see. Real uh, real estate firm Zillow Group Inc. is exiting from the home flipping business, saying Tuesday that its algorithmic plus model uh, to buy and sell homes rapidly doesn't work as planned. Uh, the firm's termination of its enabled or tech-enabled home flipping business known as iBuying follows Zillow's announcement about two weeks ago that it was halting all new home purchases for the rest of the year. At the time, Zillow pointed to labor and supply shortages for its inability to renovate and flip houses fast enough. In a statement Tuesday, Chief Executive Rich Barton said Zillow had failed to predict the pace of the home price appreciation accurately, marking an end to a venture the company once said could generate $20 billion a year. Instead, the company said it now plans to cut 25% of its workforce. We've determined the unpredictability in forecasting home prices far exceeds that we uh, what we anticipated and continuing to scale Zillow offers uh, would result in too much earnings and balance sheet volatility. Zillow and the other tech-powered house flippers known as iBuyers uh, purchase homes, renovate them, and uh, and then try to sell them quickly, making money as transaction fees and home price appreciation. Zillow used an algorithm to make home price estimates called a Zestimate and, and determine what it would pay home sellers. So... Uh, I actually have uh, quite a bit of experience uh, in the last year in the in the home market. Uh, I've been helping a couple of uh, my friends who became real estate agents at towards the, about the mid middle of last summer uh, with their uh, real estate agency. You know, deci- you know, going in and becoming a real estate agent decision. Uh, so it's it's really. I know it seems almost irresponsible uh, on Zillow's part what they tried to do. I, I believe, from my understanding, they were doing this already, but they decided uh, not long ago that they were going to, you know, speed up the process. And as me, Kevin, had pointed out, because I, I mean, I'm not from California; I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, out in California, apparently everything is just super slow. So you have to get permits for lots of things, even just minor changes in houses. And uh, they they apparently don't have the staffing to be able to uh, approve all those changes very rapidly, and that creates a huge problem uh, in ba- you know backed up stuff uh, or backed up opportunity uh, for the company to be able to flip houses very quickly. Uh, as you can see, stocks uh, this they are down seventeen point nine nine percent on their their stock here. And uh, and rightfully so, uh, you know they they made a huge huge error, and they're going to end up selling, dumping these houses. Now, with that said, people have asked, is is a cra- you know housing market crash on the on the verge? Um, and it's been it's been said for a while now, uh, brought up quite a bit. Uh, but I don't think a crash is on the verge. I from my, from what I'm seeing, I think that it's it's going to come back down. Uh, it just, it, or actually, it is already is coming back down, uh, back down to earth. 
um, where you're listing, you know, you might have your house might be worth say thirty thousand dollars more than it was, but then when you go to sell it, people are putting up like ten to twenty thousand dollars over your asking price, which was already inflated. Uh, and the the last few sales that uh, I've been a part of, uh, have you know, it's been obvious that the market is coming back down off of those crazy uh, those crazy numbers. So. Uh, I, which I, I think is I think it's good. You know, I'm I'm a big proponent of people being able to afford housing uh, and uh, enabling housing to run away uh, separately from everything else. I think has been maybe not the downfall of uh, of, of of the U.S. economy, but uh, it definitely. I mean. It's enabled some some pretty you know obviously I enabled two thousand eight right when you when you detach like what wages are versus what uh, you know a house is and uh, now I mean I've seen articles of people talking like oh you know three Gen Zers are buying this house and they're they're splitting up the house and renting it out and and all that that's the only way they're going to be able to generate wealth uh, to be able to afford their own house at some point in the future um, I I think that it's what we're going to see is just more shakeup in in the market and more opportunity uh, for for what was once uh, cheaper income houses to be a little more expensive, uh, and and things will continue to uh, to be mixed up going forward. But uh, yeah, the, going back to the whole Zillow thing. Um, it, what was it? They they say uh, the A in Zillow stands for accurate, and that would uh, that would seem to hold true here today. <laughs> Facebook to end uh, facial recognition software. Facebook has announced it will no longer use facial recognition software to identify faces in photographs and videos. Uh, there have been a growing concern about the ethics and uh, of facial recognition technology and questions raised over privacy, racial bias, and accuracy. Regulators have not uh, yet provided a clear set of rules over how it should be used, the company said. It uh, has faced a barrage of criticism over its impact to its users. Until now, users of the social media app could choose to opt in to the feature, which would scan their face in pictures and notify them if someone else uh, on the platform had posted a picture of them. Uh, in a blog post from Jerome Pesenti, uh, Vice President of Artificial Intelligence at The Firm, said, amid this ongoing uncertainty, we believe that limiting the use of facial recognition to a narrow set of use cases is appropriate. Uh, I'm just going to ding the bell here because I, I think it's long overdue uh, for them to to figure out that like facial recognition uh, while th- there are benefits to it, uh, ultimately is not a gr- it's it, it's not servicing uh, the population the way we intend it to because uh, we, you know we all we all spoil the pot right like we we are we become the big brother uh, in the situation and uh, again I, I it, it's a shame because I, I do see the the technological benefit. Uh, of facial recognition, and I and I think that you know, in a um, 
in a police, you know, uh, a police manner. I think it helps, you know, especially when you're talking about like, hey, here's, you know, all these, we're looking for this person. We believe them to be in this area. And you have cameras in places that have the ability to pick up those faces um, to get the the really bad guys, I think, uh, and girls uh, out there, I think is great. But ultimately, you know, there's just just people are going to be people and do dumb things. And like when you have access to this type of um, technology, it's pretty uh, apparent that um, it's going to be abused or or sent to people that shouldn't have access to it. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good uh, I think it's a good start in the right direction. Uh, and there's way more that can be said on facial recognition. I've, I mean, I've watched a f- um Quite a few videos on on it and the abuse of it over the years, uh, but I, I I I think I think if Facebook's really trying to make a difference, uh, you know, and, and fix their their brand at this point, I think that this is a step in the right direction. Now, God help us if we find out later on. Oh yeah, they said they disabled it, but really they actually st- you know it was still it was still there and had you know people had access to it like. That would not. I mean, first off, I wouldn't be surprised, but very be very disappointing <laughs> to find out later. And I'm laughing about it, but the seriousness of it um, and the the, impl- the potential implications for it uh, are are pretty terrible. And that uh, we're probably going to end up finding that out later. But for right now, it looks like a win for people who don't want facial recognition to be a thing. Cameron says, I absolutely love that you have a bell. I heard it last night, and I was like, heart eyes. Yes, I actually have a t-shirt that says ding ding on it uh, with a bell. I just haven't worn it lately. Uh, but yeah, the, the bell uh, the bell is here to stay. Some people don't really like the bell. I personally like the bell, uh, and I like being able to... Uh, to be able to ding it when 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 necessary you know when when things call for it Avis doubles in meme moment on plans to add more electric cars Ooh, look at that right look at that crazy uh increase 182 percent uh I don't know when this video was they need like dates on everything it would be quite helpful uh, it soared 108% at the time, I guess, of the writing, but this video shows 182% to the highest level ever amid a flurry of retail craze trading after top executives said the car rental company will play a big role in the adoption of electric vehicles in the U.S. You'll see uh, you'll see us going forward be much more active in electric scenarios as the uh, as the situation develops said the uh, CEO Joe Ferraro uh the stock more than doubled uh, to $357 after more than tripling at one point in New York, bringing total gains for the year to a whopping 858%. The rapid jump in the stock triggered at least 11 trading halts for volatility as 30 million shares changed hands more than 15 times that's been seen over the past month. The morning rally at one point added more than $18 billion to the company's market value, which topped the $30 billion mark at the level Avis 
briefly became the largest component of the Russell 2000 index, surpassing another meme stock favorite, AMC. The company ended Tuesday's session valued at $20 billion. Now, what I see, like, first off, Hertz just has plans, right? They, uh, According to Elon yesterday, I think it was yesterday or Monday, uh, he said they actually haven't signed a contract yet. So um, this is all kind of like speculation. But I'll tell you, if if I was looking, if I had a bunch of money burning in a hole in my pocket and I was looking to, you know, maybe cash in, I'd be looking at Enterprise. <laughs> you know, I'd be looking at the other car companies uh, that are out there because the amount of um, craze that this, you know, is it's creating potentially could, uh, you know, give a, a huge boon to your uh, to your stock portfolio. Now, with that said, this is obviously not financial advice, but. Uh, but it just goes to show like, hey, I, I am sure and just as you should be sure with your business, uh, looking at what's going on with your competitors and saying, hey, like we could, you know, we could use some extra, you know, a big boost in our uh, in ours too. like we don't we don't even necessarily have to, uh, to to put a huge order in just apparently just announcing plans to get more electric vehicles uh, is is enough to uh to all of a sudden send our stock soaring right or send more marketing our way more more eyeballs our way so uh so i i i I, the really the big winner in this though other than the potentially the planet because obviously electric cars still have a carbon footprint and it takes time for them to get out um is well there's tesla but also the consumer, and the reason the consumer is is really poised to win here is because Avis will have the car for three, you know, Avis or Hertz, they'll have the car for three years or whatever, and then look to dump the car, right? So as soon as they go dumping the car, that's going to put more electric cars on the used market, uh, which creates uh, you know more uh, supply than necessarily demand, uh, and that can send the price down. So consumer. Earth, Tesla, maybe the uh, legacy um, manufacturers and the car companies. It's it's really like a win win win, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see in the next day or two some other car companies talking, you know, just talking about uh, about electric car plans. We'll see. We'll be following it here on the uh, Entrepreneurs for sure. Well, that's going to wrap up today's entrepreneurs. I appreciate everybody for coming in here. I'm going to get my camera on uh, for coming on today to spend time with me and uh, and comment. I appreciate it. We'll be back here tomorrow at uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, yeah, 10 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. Uh, don't forget, this Friday we have a brand new Shark Tank episode go- that's going to be airing at 8 p.m. I will be reacting to them over on my YouTube channel. Uh, and that uh, Those should get start uh, start getting posted around 9 p.m., between 9 and 11 p.m. Eastern time uh, is usually when I have all of those up uh, with my reactions. Uh, it's uh, Also today, later today, I have an interview with a uh, Shark Tank business owner, uh, Philomena from Kin Apparel, uh, who makes the oversized uh, satin-lined hoodies, uh, which are absolutely awesome. I'm going to actually be going and hanging out with her for a brunch, um, uh, I think in like a week or two weeks or something like that. And next week, next Wednesday, look for an interview with the Magic Five, uh, Raz. 
Rasmus, uh, he came on the show and did uh, gave an interview, a really great in-depth interview about his business and his Shark Tank experience and everything. Uh, so go uh, go look forward to that on Wednesday coming out uh, next next Wednesday coming out. So uh, I hope everyone has an amazing day. Make sure you go check out superjoepardo.com. Uh, we can work on your business and uh, grow your business together. Uh, and I have some courses coming down the pike as well as some other things uh, in the works. So I will uh, I will see you all tomorrow. Take care.